and welcome back to the death and betrayal podcast and really welcome back because we've we've got we got a couple of uh, of exciting announcements mm-hmm. um, with me on deck though first is craig how you doing craig i'm doing fantastic excited about the news we get to share mm-hmm. so first and foremost up front we're getting back to our roots that's the most important thing here. You're still going to get my sidebars because I'm I'm a wild man. And you can't control <laughs> me. And I'll do, I do what I want. It's my but, hot I'll do what I want. Yeah, exactly. You know, with with second edition coming out and, and we weren't getting as many, um, you know, listener lists coming through, uh, we, you know, Craig and I got to talking and we kind of felt like maybe we've lost our way and we've just been throwing like wet paper towels at a wall, mm-hmm. hoping something sticks for the last few episodes in particular. And while they may to some degree be entertaining, um, you know, some people maybe don't find it as valuable as, as it traditionally has been. Mm-hmm. So we had to think, um, you know, we, we got the chalkboard out, rolled the sleeves up, loosened the ties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're going to try at least to some degree for the majority of episodes, but not all of them stick within the same sort of old, old format that we used to do, which was, you know, we'd look at a, at a piece of lore or a point in time mm-hmm. or something somebody would request, um, or suggest, uh, you know, for example, back when we did like, uh, you know, Istvan three and underutilized Marine units, mm-hmm. um, we're not. I don't think that we're far enough in to really be able to analyze like, um, you know, underutilized Marine units right now, I think is we're still, you know, we're only a year, a year into sort of second edition. Yeah. And there's still some, um, you know, some growing pains, sore spots for certain legions, others, mm-hmm. you know, the reaction systems um, has lent itself to certain gameplay styles and certain units being used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, borderline auto takes in some cases, uh, and and you know it kind of reduces. I think it's it's while the unit itself may end up flavorful, it loses its its ability to season the greater dish of of yeah. the army in some cases. I think, um, and so you know we were like, okay, well we we don't really have a spot to do that, so we'll take that point in time. I.e., fan three spoiler today we're going to do Siege of Cthonia because. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig's in love with that book and he's super energized about his, his sons of Horus. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll take that. What's the point of inspiration. And then how do we create a tabletop composition of that? How do we bring that to life in the tabletop in terms of units, list, theme, et cetera. And then, you know, we'll tie that together a little bit with sort of a, a color composition. How can we artistically bring that to life mm-hmm. how can we use our paintbrushes or our hobby skills or our conversion skills to make that and to give it a little bit of personal flair mm-hmm. um up up and above that and to help illustrate that point of inspiration on the tabletop yeah so that that is essentially the agenda for the tonight and most episodes but you know those there'll be some deviation if we have guests or you know if if I get a wild idea and I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about this just to spice it up. You know, back when we did heresy kill team, yeah. the spoiler alert for like two episodes from now, uh, heresy kill team 2.0, um, <laughs> is coming. Uh, because by the time you listen to this, uh, on little you'll all, you'll already have the rules for bad app after dark available. Cause I'm almost finished with those. And I've been working very closely with max over at barefoot minis on that. Um, very and nice. he's, yeah, and he, he's been testing the rule set, but because, 
you know, his bad stuff isn't done either. He's been doing it within the heresy scope. Mm. And so um, the, the feedback's been coming in regularly so that I can tweak and adjust. And, and, and it would really will create a very nice sandbox ability for you to create bespoke characterful units and then fight them on the tabletop within heresy. You know, so you can think you can think about things like, um, you know, in the Siege of Terra, yes, it's this massive battle, but we always get microcosm looks yeah. at a lot of stuff. We get a couple of big battles, but, you know, then you get a small localized conflict at Gorgon Bar or, mm-hmm. you know, the um, it's long enough now that in Saturnine, right, they infiltrate the, like, basement of the Saturnine wall. And the Knights Errant and a couple of choice dudes are already set up there to ambush them. Yeah. The perfect way to play that or something similar too. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. So, you know, episode, I think that'll be episode 10 or 11. Uh, that'll be episode 10 mm-hmm. of season four. So right now we're season four, episode eight. And then episode nine uh, is going to be a little more LVO focused. And then episode 10 will be this uh, sort of heresy after dark. Um episode uh that, that that we'll get to talk about so as you can see we're much more organized yeah again i'm sure i'm still i'll still run into the weeds i am it's your calling card it's just it's who yeah. you are yeah exactly and i'm, uh, I'm the one who has to rein you in yeah uh you know at this so like other you know other people have to rein me in and other stuff but uh, <laughs> not like uh, so we we had it we did an episode of articles of succession which is up on the crescent edge creative youtube channel um, and, you know, Miles was uh, a little busy, had some family stuff going on. And so Max and I were like, we can do chapter three. And we met like two or three times to go over chapter three. And the first time it just evolved into us shooting shit and hobbying. And we were like, well, this is useless. We can't even record this. And then <laughs> we were like, okay, let's do the first part. And then we did the first part. And then it devolved into like, hey, let's fucking, let's go into the, you know, the hashtag bad app after dark and see all the cool shit that other people are doing. Um, and then we just went down that rabbit hole. And so the whole episode three has nothing to do with like chapter three. Because <laughs> um, it's just us like gushing over like some really cool modeling, which was which was cool to see. Like there's, I think, 200 plus posts or something for bad app after dark. And it hasn't oh, even been fantastic. alive that long. And, you know, Max and I and Miles haven't contributed to it a whole lot either. Um but uh you know jump over there give those give those of you subscribe to that youtube channel um because i'm also switching teams so i'm I'm dropping the raptors uh because the more i the more i read it the more i sympathize with the secessionists and i just can't just can't be like on the loyalist team in this instance um so I'm, i'm flipping and i'm going lamenters um because I was just like, no, like, you know, the first, the first chapter, I was like, oh, geez, I don't know. And then chapter two, I was like, I'm really kind of starting to see that point of view. <laughs> and then chapter three, I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> this definitely got over escalated because of the loyalists, it's their fault. So I'm totally on the secessionist team. So that'll be cool because then, you know, um, Miles, uh, Max and myself will be sort of the, the secessionist coalition at bad app after dark where we'll kind of be like the main three secessionist uh marine chapters mm. um so that, that'll be that'll be kind of a cool thing to to see and to play out because it'll be like oh you know these guys that kind of went rogue uh from the heresy community and flirted with 40k and now we're doing this really crazy real set mm. that's completely bespoke we've totally separated off 
um and now we're like yeah this is going to be awesome this is us come fight us like on our turf um and uh yeah i'm, I'm stoked about that the the yeah so i'm already in the weeds a little bit but it was related so not that bad um, <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking that while you were talking yeah. like hmm already off the roof. yeah no it's it's still kind of it's still kind of in the ballpark yeah 100 in the field picking picking dandelions instead of paying attention to the home runs. um <laughs> <laughs> and uh the, the yeah the um it was actually the rover uh had vacuum hands um, <laughs> that's that's a story for another time but that was that was <laughs> it couldn't have gone better um you know what fuck it i'll tell that story now so anyways i'm i'm get, i'm having some drinks uh and i'm meeting you know a couple of my buddy's friends for the first time and they're talking about softball and i was like oh man i love baseball and they were like oh well, you do like you know are you any good? Blah blah blah. And I was already like pretty, you know. How how drunk were you? You were drunk. I wasn't that drunk, but <laughs> I was like just enough to be like quippy. I I, and, lo- I love um, it when these 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 stories always start off with you were slightly drunk. Yeah, I, I was like you bugged. always get yourself into, um, into trouble when you're drunk. No, no, but this isn't. I didn't get into trouble in this one. Oh, so okay. Anyways, I, you know, I met my buddy, and he brought like his roommate along and some other people. And the roommate was like putting together a softball team, and she didn't want like bad people on the team, especially like because she doesn't know me, um, and I don't. I didn't really know my friend that well because this was back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so you know, she she in so my buddy's like, hey, well, you know, Alex would like to play. Um, you know. He, if if we get space, why don't we let him play? And she's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, why don't you know? And she was like, well, like, are you any good? And I was like, am I any good? Bitch, I got vacuum hands. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, ball just goes right into him. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. She's like, and and so she goes, you know what? We're like one player short for Tuesday. Why don't you come Tuesday? So I went to the wrong field first. So I'm a, I'm a few minutes late. Yeah. But I get there. Um, I only had my motorcycle because I was in between. I was. I just left my old job and I was, um, you know, heading over to, oh, to yes. this other, yeah. um, a- anyway. And so I didn't have a company car at the time. My only, anyway, I, so I get there and, uh, and I, I come out, you know, I get my glove on and they go, just go into the outfield, man. And I go, yeah, okay, sure. And it's like, it's the first hit while I'm standing out there and it's a pop fly and I just book it in i can see the ball is coming down i hit into a slide and as i'm sliding towards second base i catch the ball like just before it hits the ground mm-hmm. and it just boom right into the glove and i stand up and my buddy's like just vacuum her <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then i was on the team uh and i played right up until i dislocated my foot um and then i haven't played since but i love it uh, <laughs> Anyways, so the other thing that I'm super excited about is uh, we we now have um, you know a, a, another corporate sponsor. So we've got Epic Basing, uh, which you know if if you need any STLs or anything to really take your bases to the next level, if you've got a 3D printer, you can purchase STLs from them. Or you know if you don't, you can actually buy the bits directly from EpicBasing.com. They'll ship them to you. You can throw them on your bases. I've been using them on my Bad Eye After Dark stuff. I've been using them on my Mechanicum. I even shrunk a bunch of STLs down, and I'm using them on my Titanicus. Um, and you know, so that again, we, we always talk about them on Articles of Succession as well. Mm-hmm. But we now have um, uh, a, a, an, an equally as exciting, if not more so, 
sponsorship um, because as as all the listeners would know i'm really trying to focus a little bit more on painting and creativity so monument hobbies has actually reached out and and agreed to sponsor us um for uh, at least at least the foreseeable future and this is so exciting because it, it can actually you know give a little bit back to us if you use the reference code or the reference link in the show notes mm-hmm. so if you click on the link That'll put you through the death and betrayal portal at Monument Hobbies. And then um, anything you buy there helps the show out. Uh, In addition, you get some absolutely phenomenal paints. Uh, As I paint my house tie gang, I'm actually going to use only proacryl paints and I'm only going to use the primary colors. So the Mm. six primary colors and black and white. And that's, I'm just going to mix my own colors and I'm going to, you know, I'll live stream those probably as I'm working on that. Um, But that, you know, that'll start probably, the painting will probably won't start until about December Mm -hmm. because November I'll probably be spending most of that time building, but I'm working on an airbrush service commission right now. And then I got to build a Ferreth Red Loss for a friend Brady. Oh. Um, And and then I can, I can get into my house tie stuff. Uh, But if you jump over there using the link in our show notes, or if you want to go to our Instagram or the Crescent Edge Creative Instagram, it's uh, in the the link tree. The link is in the bio there. Mm-hmm. It gets you over, and then if you use um, discount code DAB10, you'll get ten percent off your first order. Yeah, and and I mean I found Procrell paints um, at LVO last year. I was pointed in the direction of it by one of our listeners, Kyle, and. Uh, and I have not used any other metallic paints since I bought that set. And I mean, the paints are fantastic. They cover very well. Um, they're my mm-hmm. favorite metal paints I've, I've ever used. And a year in, I have had no clogged tops. I've had no, um, they have a shaker inside the bottle. Um, mm-hmm. The bottles are huge. There's so much paint in these bottles. Um, yeah, 22 milliliters. Yeah. And the, price, the biggest paint bottle I've seen. And the the price is, I, I'm pretty sure they're on par or cheaper than most other paints price wise. Yeah, I think they're about five bucks US a pot. Yeah, or something like that, like six seven dollars Canadian yeah. um, a pot, which is awesome because you pay about that if not more for Citadel paints. Yeah, but the Citadel paints are like twelve milliliters or something. Like they're like the smallest paint pots. Um, the contrast paint pots, I think, are a little bit bigger, but the standard ones are like eleven. I think um, I actually have one. Yeah, I'm looking at right looking here. At one right now. I'm not seeing the. Huh, it's very small. Um, incubi darkness. Nope, that's not incubi darkness. This one is. I'm also choking a little bit on a cinnamon stick because it's late and I don't want to eat. It's twelve mils. Yeah, twelve mils. I just saw it. But... <clears throat> yeah, it's late and I don't want to eat. Um, so I'm just crushing cinnamon sticks and then Vallejo is like 17. Yeah. And then Pro Krill is uh, 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's awesome. And, and on that, like make sure if you're, if you're currently not following Crescent Edge Creative on Instagram, jump over there because I am going to hold uh, um, a little contest uh, for the month of October, at least. Okay. Um, You know, I'm going to do two probably. So I'm, I'll, I'll do one. Just because, you know what, I love these metallic paints. I want to get them out. So I, I've picked up another metallic set. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give that one away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to give that one away uh, through Crescent Edge Creative. 
uh, slash DAB podcast. It'll be a, you know, make sure you like and follow both on the post and each time for each comment. Like if you, if you post a, if you comment on each post, so the one on Crescent Edge Creative and the one on, on the DAB podcast, you'll get two entries uh, into the contest. And then um, this will come out in October. So I'll already have the other one kind of going. I think I want to, I, I haven't fleshed it out and I only have a few days left to flesh it out. <laughs> but I kind of want to do something for like Halloween. Oh yeah. Like, you know, something a little spooky, but there's already a lot of stuff going on. So I may, I may elect not to do that. Um, but I, I will be doing this one cause I did pick up another metallic set just to give away because it's the, it's the set that got you and myself yeah. over into pro acryl. Um, and I've, I've been using it exclusively for all the custodian blades. Um, yeah, because I've, I've been mixing up a custom gold paint for, like, using gold gold pigments and stuff um, for yeah, the custodian like, guard. Everything I painted in the last, uh, I've been doing some some marines and whatnot, and uh, I mean, I have the pro acryl set, pro acryl. Um, I've got the metal set right in front of me, and I have used every color in there, and I've used probably. Uh, there's two, four, six, eight paints. I've probably used four of them just today alone, just because they're that good. Mm-hmm. Like, I I, lo- I yeah. love it. I love their I love their metallics. I have not bought any other metallics since LVO, just because nope. that set the set was I think thirty American. I'm on their I'm on their website right now. I mean they've got their bra- their base set, which is a hundred Canadian. And it comes with 24 paints. Like, yep. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good deal. Yeah. Um, so if you want to give them a try, if you want to give them a try, or if you already use them and you need to pick up some more again, use the link in the show notes or in the DAB podcast slash Crescent Edge creative bios and use code DAB 10 to get 10% off your first order. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, in, in the future, this ad will probably be shorter, but we're just super jazzed about it. Oh, yeah, we are um, stoked about this one. Mm-hmm. We already have somebody that's ordered through it. Um, so big thanks to uh, whoever did that. Oh, <clears throat> well, look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, with that out of the way, we kind of touched on hobby talk a little bit. I'm obviously still crushing away on my custodians. I'm, I'll be ready for Scandis. Uh, you know, I'll... The time this comes out it'll be like a week mm-hmm. a little bit more than a week before i gotta leave um and uh so that that's good i got three models left to build and um maybe 10 left to paint before those three so 13 more models left to left to paint or something like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. 13 or 18 but they go quick um because i've got the gold done on all of them except for three hmm. mm-hmm. that's awesome but yeah, we're going to talk about Siege of Chthonia a little bit. Um, mm. And some of your hobby talk will probably come out in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything you've been doing other than Sons of Horus? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, we are going to the the uh, event that the Boys of the Golden Throne are hol- holding in uh, November. And originally I was going to be doing my Dark mm-hmm. Angels. And I got quite a ways into it, uh, but then I started falling behind. Summertime, I wasn't sticking to the schedule my wife helped me make. That's on me. Um, 
but I wasn't again. I'm I'm going to finish them up. I still love my Dark Angels. I just, the black is so boring. And then Siege of Cthonia book, and I started really reading into that. And I was reading it through multiple times. Um, and I decided I was going to take my sons of Horus to uh, the Boys of the Golden Throne event. But I'm going to do allies with them. And who else was with the uh, Dark Angels besides, or the Dark, no, Dark Angels, the Sons of Horus, besides the Alpha Legion? The Word Bearers. Yes, I have done a small, I'm doing a small force of allied Word Bearers for my Sons of Horus. So. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, pulled out, I had a, when I, when we were doing, when I got the box, the starter box set, I didn't need all the Marines I, from it. Um, for my Emperor's children, uh, I was doing bare minimum mm-hmm. for tactical squads in that in that list. Uh, so the rest of them, the extra twenty I had, I decided that I was going to build build them, and I had them built, and they were just sitting there. Um, I dabbled with, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with them, but they were built and ready to go. And then, uh, and then I was reading through the Siege of Cthonia book, and uh, so I decided I was going to do these. Uh, word bearers for an allied detachment and then I bought some more of the mark 6 marines and started doing an inductee squad for my uh, sons of horse when those uh, when the bit when the bits when the uh, chain sword and bolt pistol combination came out of uh, the forge world set I bought a couple of them um, yep didn't use as much of that as I, I thought I was going to because I also had some leftover uh, chain axe, Phobos chain axes and bolters from, or bolt pistols from when I was doing my word, uh, world eaters. Mm-hmm. I was like, I started when I was building these plastic marines, I was like, oh, I can, I can use this arm and I, I, I can use this arm. And so I have four sets of these, uh, the uh, close combat assault, uh, weapons for the Mark Six Marines and I used maybe three of those arms and the rest was all just the the, the arms out of the, the box set. I just needed the Phobos bolt pistols and uh, chain axes. Uh, so I'm doing a 20-man squad of inducti. Uh, I've got 10 of them sitting in front of me. They are, mm, I'd say, 90% done. Got to do some decals, a little more detail, and then the bases, the word bearers. I've got the uh, Dark Apostle, well, not Dark Apostle, the uh, Diabolist uh, ready to go. Mm-hmm. He's painted, um, and I've got 18, um, an 18 man of eight, 18-man tactical squad, um, and then I'm going to be doing a set of Ashen, uh, the Ashen Circle, um, mm-hmm. but I'm waiting for them to come in. They have not come in yet. Um, and yeah, and I decided like I, I built my whole list basically around the, the Siege of Cthonia. Um, I, when it came to deciding my uh, warlord trait, I did pick, uh, I'm going to be choosing, uh, casting gold because he fits the story that I've been trying to craft with my, my Praetor. Um, and I wanted to lean heavily into the, the, uh, Siege of Cthonia, um, I've decided that like I really, I really, really enjoyed this book. I really enjoyed the lore behind it, um, and it has some of my favorite armies in it. Like the Dark Angels show up in it. Um, the Sons mm-hmm. of Horus are in it. 
uh, I, everyone loves the Alpha Legion. Everyone hates the word bearers. Mm-hmm. And Imperial Fists are like the new hot, the new the Ultramarines of the 30k universe. Yeah. I mean, I the rules for the I, the Imperial Fists in in there are fantastic. The the special character, he's fantastic. Um, I have an Astrodon uh, model, and he's fantastic. I'm, I'm I haven't painted him up yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I have him sitting on my desk right now, ready to get painted up. Um, yeah, I just I really like I when I dove into this book and was reading it because um, I was reading it to do uh, a couple episodes with uh, the Iterators podcast. Um, I read that book from beginning to end and just fell in love with it. Um, I know some people have been critical out there. I I think it's fantastic. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to dive into the list building. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, you know, I think that's a good segue because you talked a lot about how you kind of fell in love with the lore. Mm -hmm. I've got a cool idea maybe for heresy after dark. Just remind me about that, but it's related to siege of Cthonia. Copy that. Um, That'll be a cool project. Um, And then, um, yeah. So, so you, since, since you're kind of the expert on this particular bit of the lore of this particular time period mm-hmm. you've put together um a little bit of an idea for a list um so why don't you first walk us through the point of inspiration like specifically what unit or what uh, engagement within the siege of Cthonia inspired you um for this this list that that you've put together for us well uh there's several engagements in the book um i think the one that really got uh, my attention most was probably the one of the last ones, um, especially uh, spoiler alert. If you guys do not want to know this or have not read this, uh, skip ahead. Um, we'll leave it in the show notes how long. But uh, the word bearers are on their own secret little quest to bring a bunch of demons to the planet. And they're okay. basically sacrificing themselves. So the way I've designed my, when I went into the thought process about designing this list is I was going to do a large tactical squad that I'm going to basically play in the sense that they are going to try and get themselves killed or get themselves into sticky situations where their chances of getting killed are high. Um, mm-hmm. Because they were sacrificing themselves to you know, cause this chaos rift to open up and demons to pour out. And now at the end of the at the end of the Siege of Cthonia or towards the end, demons are pouring out of, out of the core of the planet. Um... And they are butchering everyone. Sons of Horus, Imperial Fist, it doesn't matter. They are killing everyone. And that was part of my inspiration on why I wanted to add the world, the word bearers. Um, I hadn't also never done a allied detachment, so I thought it'd be kind of cool. And I really liked the way my green of my Sons of Horus was going to be offset by the dark red and black of the uh, word bearers. And then my other big point of inspiration was the uh, inducti. And I was laying in bed and I was thinking about how I could include or create an inducti squad in my sons of horse. Cause I think they're re- these ones are really cool. They're almost, they're one of my favorite inducti squads out of the entire, out of all 18 uh, some of them are kind of boring, but these ones these ones felt like almost more like the uh, the original inducti for the world eaters back in the first edition. And they can replace their chain axes with cha- or chain swords with chain axes, 
And if they're within yeah. line of sight of a character or model of the Sons of Horus, they get a plus uh, plus one strength and I believe plus one weapon skill. I'd have to double check. I, I got the. Book. I don't know. I can't find my book. Yeah, That's I know. Same. I got the book right next to me. So just give me a second. I'm gonna open it up. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. I have the page marked. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Inducti have support squad, right? Uh, yeah, they are considered a support okay. squad. Um, so, for instance, for the Sons of Horus, we are going to be... I uh, have to use uh, the spoiler squad as a base. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just quickly go over there. So, the Sons of Horus, they, ha- they have to use a Legion of Spoiler Squad. There are no modifications characteristic. Army composition. Um, war gear. Uh, all models... Uh, and the unit may modify uh, modify with the Sons of Horus Legion and Duck Die template may replace their chain swords with chain axes at plus one. So that give them, that's already giving them plus one strength. Yep. Um, so then the Creed of Brutality, this is their special rule. At the start of each assault phase, if a unit that includes at least one model with this special rule has any maul within six inches of a friendly maul with the Legion of Sturdy Sons of Horror special rule and has a weapon skill characteristic of five or more, all models in the unit with this special rule gain the rampage and furious charge special rule at the, until the end of their uh, until the end of their phase. So they're So they'd be like six on the charge. Six on the charge. Six, six on the charge, yeah. Yeah, with uh, rampage, which is plus one, so now they're getting there are two base attacks, uh, one for two close combat weapons, one base, and then two for rampage. One for charging, one for rampage. So now they're four Pretty attacks good. each. So I also yeah. decided that with that squad, it was going to be a full 20-man squad. I kept it fairly basic. I've got a sergeant with a the Chthonian axe. Let me, just, let me just pull it up here. I can't remember the name of it. Which is also a really great... Uh, Weapon that they've included in the uh, Siege of Chthonia, which let me just pull it up here. I know I should. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. We don't have to go into the rules of it. Yeah, um, but it's 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 basically a, a swing at initiative, um, plus one strength, AP three with breaching five plus. Yeah, so pretty good. Yeah, so it's not it's not bad. It's 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 no power fist or thunder hammer or anything like that. But that's not the point. I went with all axes, and I really leaned mm-hmm. into the. Uh, you know, chain axes, and uh, I've made some changes to the to my uh, these Mark Six to rep- to represent that they are not full fledged Marines. Um, their helmets are different. Um, they're my they're slightly their paint scheme is slightly different than my regular paint scheme, just to show that they are not full fledged Marines. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're if you haven't read the book. And you don't know what inducti are. Basically, inducti are uh, they're speed. They're like express marines. Yeah, they're express marines. They're 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 not trained as as normal marines. They're basically like auto indoctrinated. You know, got get the implants through. No real like they weren't really choosy about who they picked because they just needed marines. Um. And I guess really what came about when I started creating the Sons of Horus was I was looking at the Imperial Fist because uh, my stepson wanted to do an Imperial Fist army, and I had, you know had the the uh, Siege of Chthonia book, um, and I started looking at the Imperial Fist. And I was like, oh, these are pretty cool. And then I was like, 
I still love my sons of horse. So I start focusing on looking at them and started list building. It always starts off with like, oh, how would I do this in a list? Where would I add this in the list? It's always that's always how it starts with me. How can I add this into a list? Um, and then it starts, you know, full fledged, you know, army. Um, I'm adding quite a bit to my sons of horse with this uh, uh, siege of Cthonia book, actually. So for this particular theme mm-hmm. that you've got, I mean, obviously you've got some word bearers there because mm-hmm. they're trying to, to do some chicanery. Do you think the word bearers should maybe be the primary detachment? Uh, no, because I, in, in this case, they weren't as, they weren't a massive player in the, in the siege of Cthonia. They were really off doing their own thing. Um, it was the same with the the Thousand Sons. There was a loyalist uh, uh, force of Thousand Sons. There was about a thousand of them. Um, they could have easily been, uh, you know, added to an Imperial Fist army. Um, there's a few small players, but the main focus is obviously the Imperial Fist and the Sons of Horus. And that's where I kind of kept the idea was like, yeah, these word bearers are there with the Sons of Horus, but they're kind of off doing their own thing, you know? Um and and I went really troop heavy, and the reason why I went troop heavy on this one was simply because we're we're getting towards the end of of the uh, end of the horse heresy. You know, while the siege of Cthonia is going on, we're also talking about the siege of Terra, um, and this is only a small splinter force of uh, sons of horse that have split off. So I kept I have no uh, just Aaron in my list, and that's simply because I didn't think that just Aaron would be there. I think they'd be, yeah. you know, off with Horus at Terra, um, and with Abaddon, you know. Um, yep. No, I think I think that's a good move. Uh, I I I think I'm rocking. I think I said I think I have eighty, ninety Marines. I'll have eighty or ninety Marines. Oh my on, God. Yeah. Um, on the table, I only I have no dreadnoughts. I'm not using any dreadnoughts. I'm using only a couple tanks. One of them being a Rhino. Mm-hmm. So. That is what that is. It's a rhino. It's a death can. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I really wanted to focus on troops, and 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 so yeah, like uh, it's been painting. I've been painting like crazy troops. I've got a my eighteen word bearers are done except for the bases. I'm going to do all my bases all at once because I'm trying to keep them all the same. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just uh, didn't. Th- didn't think I'd saw my well. I I've always liked Argyll Tall. I thought he was a great character. I do have an Argyll Tall. I got him when he first dropped from Forge World. Um, and I thought thought about and dabbled in doing a Word Bears army, but I could never find one that I really liked. I could never thematically build one that I, I liked and enjoyed. Yeah, but I did like them as an ally, and I thought they worked really well as an ally. So that's yeah. what I went with. Yeah. Yep. No, I'd agree with that. So. So the inductee are the core. And then what are your core, like what are your non-comp troops? Are oh, they Reavers or? Oh, no, I uh, I did not go with Reavers because I'm not, I'm doing Reaver. I will be doing Reavers when I do uh, Asherdon. Um, mm-hmm. But I was going to customize my own Reavers. And that's just because I... Uh, the old Reaver models are old. Uh, they probably, I think they came out probably 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. 
Um, mm-hmm. Well, we yeah, we can talk about that in the composition yeah. part. Um, but yeah, I I, I didn't but, I, yeah. I didn't go I didn't go with uh, with reavers. With black reaving. No, I went with the long march still. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, the tactical marines. Yeah, I have two ten man tactical marines, a six man terminator squad. Um, I've got a, a 10 man veteran squad just cause I thought, you know, some of them would have not liked how the sons of Horus were, you know, you know, the road, the path they were going down. Um, mm-hmm. but we're still true sons of Chthonia. Uh, I'm rocking a, well, and the, those veterans will help buff the, the other guys. Yeah. That was the point the veterans are supposed to be within sight of within six inches of the inducti squad because the veterans are weapon skill five um i customized uh, so i i took the uh i had one of the um praetors from the starter box i got the, i had the one with the axe and i i customized them a little bit i mean i put a sense of horse head on him a new one of the new mark six heads um mm-hmm. got rid of the eagle on top so now he's just got skulls and i also thought it would work well for you know casting gold because the casting gold special rule is more about how the um the praetor is he 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 literally dips the skulls of his his opponents into gold and uses them as a trophy and this guy has got skulls all over him you know and and Yeah, he's got well, he's got the three skulls on the trophy, or four skulls on the trophy rock on the back, you know. Oh yeah, he's quite he's quite he's quite chonky, um, quite gaudy, yeah. Yeah, um, and I thought that would work. I I did have, I was gonna be doing up my own Praetor eventually, but this was gonna be my interim um, for mm-hmm. this for this. Um, I'm also running. Uh, I got one of the new. Uh, esoterist models um mm-hmm. and i'm not actually using him as an esoterist in the in the list i'm using him as a librarian because these guys the whole thing about the sons of Horus is that went to Cthonia is they were really rejecting Horus's um ally being allied with demons and and chaos and whatnot um they were not that was not their thing um, that's why mm-hmm. when I work with the sun, with the world eaters, they're going to, the word bear, world eaters, word bears, they're going to be off doing their own thing. Um, you know, kind of low key trying to summon demons. I won't have any demons. I couldn't fit demons into a 3000 point list. Um, but yeah, like it, it just, I, I, I set myself a theme and that was Siege of Chthonia. And then I, I, I decide, designed my list. Well, what would they have? Yes, there are, I could take a, 10-man last cannon squad. I don't want to. Um, that's my prerogative. Um, and I just really wanted to focus on on troops because it was a very large troop-heavy battle, especially the last battle in the in the in the book. It was just it was just these two forces just charging at each other and just going at it. Yeah, I like it. So, um, so, uh, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back with some color and conversion composition. Sounds good.
And welcome back to the Death and Betrayal Podcast. So now we're going to take, you know, we've, we've got our working theme. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, some individuals that are blockaded at Chthonia. So we're keeping away from things like Jesteran, named characters like Abaddon, mm-hmm. you know, folks that we know wouldn't be there. So there's no Malagurst. Nope. Um, you know, we've got a couple of veterans and some nubile marines that are you know they're eager to eager to prove their worth mm-hmm. um they've got that Cathonian ganger spirit and then we've got you know a bunch of uh word bearers that are gonna drop in up ahead of the gang mm-hmm. and do their own thing you know try to accomplish their own thing now we know what do we know well we know that you know these <clears throat> these um, Chthonians are ones that weren't super keen on sort of witchy poo demonic type stuff that was starting to go on. Yeah. Um, and we know that we've got a lot of new Marines. So mm. one thing that we know is uh, we'll, we'll start with the, the sons of Horus. One thing we know is that they're on Chthonia. Yeah. They're true sons of Chthonia. So maybe leaning into a little bit more barbarism here might be pretty choice. Um, getting heavy with things like mirror coins, at least maybe on sergeants mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. probably something that I would look at doing. And if you want a good selection of skulls and mirror coins uh, that are also on chains um, or perhaps come with some axes, if you're running some salt Marines and you just want something that looks a little more barbaric, you can still get the chaos uh, Marauder kit. Mm. Um, now it's for Age of Sigmar, but it used to be for um, Fantasy. And so I've used a lot of those type of bits in my Ashen Claws, which again are, are very closely related to these same sort of individuals. Yes. Yeah. At Chthonia. And it's very easy. It takes almost no work. They're not super, super chaos They got a couple little spikes. They just look like barbaric totems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, They'd be able to match things like you know, your Praetor that's covered in gilded skulls and mm-hmm. and um, Ashadon or, or whatever his, his name is there, the Here special character that's at. Yeah, so, you know, I, you could time it with that. Now, the nice thing about these is that if you're someone that likes to add character as your, as your soldiers or characters or sergeants mm. or consoles or whatever develop, these are very easy pieces that you could put on as accolades after they win a battle. Because one thing that Siege of Chthonia really does well is it's got a campaign system. Yes. And that campaign system has a resource management system in it in the form of stratagems. Mm-hmm. So in 40k, you know, stratagems are played kind of like almost like reactions or like, ha, gotchas. Yeah. Um, you know, and you kind of throw them down when it's like, oh, I see that you're about to shoot my guys. Well, take A. I'm going to shoot your guys and then your guys can't shoot me back. And yeah. then other guys can charge or I don't know, something. I haven't played any of 10th and I'm not super keen to try it. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to learn a whole new system. Again. It's not that I'm against it. I'm just like, you know what? I barely played ninth, and I was barely getting the hang of that. And now it's all upside down and sideways. And it feels like formations are coming back, which was like the main thing that fucking drove me out of seventh. Yep. Uh, and forty K and over to heresy anyway. Isn't so I digress. Oh, look, off um, the rails. But, yeah, but in a good way. Yeah, I know. Um, fucking yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's not like I'm talking about getting mops. Anyway, <laughs> uh, real old season one reference, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, 
um, go back and listen. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's something that you can add with a little bit of flair from a modeling perspective that's actually very easy to do. So if you're not very confident in your converting skills or your cutting or, or anything like that, this requires none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, with, with maybe the small exception, if you just want the mirror coin, you might have to cut it off the chain and keep one link behind so you can clip it on. Mm-hmm. Nice and easy. The other thing you can do if you want to add a little more barbarism to it is you can grab some of the totems from uh, the 40k Space Wolf kits. Mm. Like they still make the Gray Slayer kits. They have totems that are literally just like monster teeth or Xena's teeth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they have more than just the tails, but because uh, they're not really Luna wolves anymore, they're more sons of Horus. So I'd maybe keep some of the wolf totems out of it. Yeah. But you know, there's there's things you could snag off of that. Like, uh, like I said, the the teeth, <clears throat> bones. Um, you know, you could you could take some of the Raven Guard upgrade sprues, which have you know feathers and and you know Raven skulls on yeah. them, and they're designed to easily just glue on. Yeah, nice and easy. Doesn't take a lot of work. It's the equivalent of doing a head swap, but it'll add so much more flavor and character to yes. the army that you're trying to build here. Um, color wise, what I was kind of thinking was, you know, you see particularly a lot of color schemes lately. The Sons of Horus are green on the body, and then they have black shoulder pads to yeah. kind of show their their tie to whatever. Or you know, they may change them, and they might have like a red shoulder pad or black with a red stripe. Yeah, these are all things that you can do very very small to show different unit adherents. You know, mm-hmm. veterans, etc. Um, and if you wanted to do that, great. It's not super hard, not super challenging. Takes a little bit of extra time, mm-hmm. but then you could make the inducti all green because yeah. they haven't been assigned to a genuine unit yet. Mm-hmm. The other thought that I've got, and again, it's something that you can do as your campaign grows, as your army grows, is you could add more and more Chthonian runes, which come on the Sons of Horus transfer sheet. Yep. You can add more and more of those to your models as they gain accolades or as your unit, mm-hmm. you know, completes more, um, you know, completes more actions, wins more, wins more battles, mm-hmm. achieves more, you know, story driven um objectives however you happen to play right and i, I say that last one because craig and i you know, i think we played maybe one game out of a book and it was like okay let's try one of the new siege of Cthonian ones other than that we're just like what what kind of a story do we want to tell and mm. then we just make up objectives that somewhat feel like they would help represent that yeah and yeah. you know i i that, that's the way i like to play um it's a little less structured uh obviously you can't really do that too much at at, a, at an event um you know i i try I don't know to what degree I'm successful at it with things like LVO, where I allow you to choose your primary objectives and your secondary objectives to give you some semblance of sort of making your own story or choosing your own adventure as you go. But, um, you know, anyway, so that, that's kind of what I'm thinking of from a very simplistic aspect of paint composition and, um, modeling composition. The other thing you can do, is you can look at your undertone colors mm-hmm. or you know look at look at the the colors that you're you're putting within there so um one thing i meant to look up i'm going to quickly do it loyalty um the color blue tends to symbolize trust and loyalty and so you could play with a little more blue tones mm-hmm because um, you're using a sea green, right? So yeah. if you look at your color wheel, <clears throat> um, 
you know, you've got kind of two options. <clears throat> Sorry. I got a little piece of, um, a little piece of cinnamon stuck in my throat. Um, you know, so you're looking at sea green here. You can kind of go with a couple different color options here for your shade. If you wanted to go something a little warmer, you could put purples in it, which I might do if I was looking to do more like honor guard or, um, you know, uh, like Horace's direct, um, direct individuals, you know, just there. And I would probably put some purples and stuff yeah. into the shadows, um, you know, play with more purplish blacks, uh, building up to more, more reddish blacks. Cause mm -hmm. you can use a, a sort of purple that's more on the red side. It's a little bit warmer mm -hmm. and then play with some warm blacks and it helps show that sort of savagery. But since we're playing with sort of conscientious objectors here, you know, you can, you can play with some, some darker blues in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Incubi Darkness is a good place to start. Um, it's kind of a weird sort of dark bluish green, but if you really want some more depth, I, I'd play with something like Prussian Blue. Oh, yeah. uh, is probably in the direction I'd go. Right, a um, little bit of extra, a little bit of extra black in it, and uh, maybe just to deepen it down. But Prussian Blue is already already pretty pretty dark, or, or yeah. something like a navy. Um, and and that that would keep your color tones, your color palette as well, fairly clean because the sea green is already a cool color, yes. right? So you can keep you can keep your entire composition a little bit clean, and in keeping it clean, that helps to you know sort of illustrate, if you will, through color, uh, the fact that these are you know more loyal but loyal to Cathonia and loyal to themselves and loyal to the Primarch, um, while not being outright loyal to the Imperium. Yeah. So they're still traitors, but you can show a little bit of that deviance by keeping them relatively clean because they're trying to avoid the taint and the alignments of dwarf things and demons and witchiness. Well, and I'm, I'm just, and I'm, if you well, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, no, was, was going to say like, well, I'm just looking at the color wheel right now, and being that you know I'm I'm looking at the seafoam green, and basically my red is right across from it. So these two colors are very contrasting and a perfect contrast to each other. Um, mm -hmm. the word bearers and the sons of horse, which is going to so really make them stand out on the table as well. That was literally my next sentence. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, so I'm glad you're learning something from me. Um, that's exactly what, exactly what I was going with. Cause something you can do to help show things and highlight things is contrast. And so that, that red that you're going to have in that contrast mm -hmm. is again, a nice illustration and you can play more in the dirtier colors. So, you know, as you're already in this sort of dark, dark uh, red, instead of shadowing it sort of more with purples and blues, you can shadow it more with, you know, dark oranges and browns. Mm -hmm. And that will allow you to, again, show the contrast, but show that they're maybe a little bit dirtier. They're, they're not quite, quite as, as, um, as clean as as they might let on but because again you're not you're not putting demons in there you're not putting galvor back in there because mm -hmm. you're trying to show because the these sons of horus are still somewhat working with them and they're trying to avoid demon stuff so they're being deceived yeah you can use yellow eye lenses to show that and, and illustrate that sort of deceptiveness that's mm -hmm. at play with those word bearers right so you can have a very marine heavy word bearer force but again, they've got yellow eyes because you, they can't quite be trusted, even though they're kind of pulling the wool over on the sons of Horus's eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> and then in that same vein, from a from a, a modeling perspective, I would keep it relatively clean. 
you know, you can show Colchisine runes. You can show some kind of some of the normal stuff. I, I wouldn't necessarily even shy away from some of the more brutalistic aspects that you could do. You could could have some of those same totems, which will help tie the two forces together and wouldn't be totally out of scope for things like word bearers to do. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, no. You know, having yeah having mirror coins on them again it would it would help it would keep it would tie put a nice little bridge between those two contrasting forces Mm -hmm. and those two contrasting uh, motivations of the two forces that are essentially working as one cohesive unit yeah um and it, it it's a nice way to tie the whole story together with a lot of little subtlety and those little things will come out nicely and the yellow should pop actually quite nice against the the dirty the dirty red color mm-hmm. um especially if you put, if you like playing with fluorescence or not right. <clears throat> well now it makes so, me regret i've already done the eyes i did them green on what the on the word bearers yeah they're green no whatever just paint over them yellow yeah i probably will now <laughs> yeah you've given me something you're to welcome. think about yeah because you, you're right like i mean it, it's you, you didn't you didn't do anything wrong because typically when you look at something like red, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to make you make you want to make like a really popping or really contrasting color, then you know you, you you would typically jump to the other side of the color wheel. And in the case of lenses, it's green, right? That's yeah. why you often see blood angels with green lenses. It's why you often see you know um, uh, like. Um, Oh my god! It's why you'll see uh, Alpha Legion with red lenses a lot. Yeah. It's why you'll see Ultramarines with red lenses a lot. Because yeah. they'll kind of kind of jump around, right? And I mean, they tend the the eye lenses tend to stick within three primary colors. Yes. For the most part, they they do add green, but you don't see a lot of purple eye lenses. Although magenta can look phenomenal, um, and you know maybe that's something that you might want to do on the Sons of Horus. I don't know. I did that. Um, <laughs> I went oh, with, you did. I went you with did do that. Doomfire Magenta with for magenta. my for the eye uh, on the induct eye. Yeah, perfect. It, right, it so really it, pops like it pops yep. so hard against the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. Yeah, um, and and so that's that's exactly where I was going with that. Right, like for the most part, you've got the three primary colors, but every once in a while, you can if you can flip to the the alternate primary colors, which are like magenta, cyan, and yellow. Yeah. Um, and, and then you can get, you can get some much more vibrant colors by using those, those primaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 th- and that sounds like that's, that's exactly what you did. But then, it, you know, if, if you look at your color wheel, like you're almost entirely contrasting the magenta to the yellow at that point. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, not quite because it's a primary color, so yeah. you can kind of go either way. But you know, it kind of dances the line between the cyan and the yellow. It's it, it it can it can behave coolly, it can behave warmly. It really depends on yeah. on where it's sitting. But but that is the driving force to where I was suggesting using magenta because magenta can be cool or it can be warm depending on what colors are around it. Yeah. And if you're playing with a lot of clean, cool tones, seafoam green, blues in the shadows then you've got a magenta eye lens. It ties the whole thing together, keeps it fairly clean while giving it a pot. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's, it's funny that it's funny that, you know, as we're having this conversation, cause I literally painted these eye lenses today. Um, I was sitting there and I was like, I don't want to oh. do red eye lenses. Like it's always red eye lenses. And I was like, I was starting to look and I looked mm-hmm. at the color wheel. And I was like, well, I could do magenta. 
that would really that'd really do well against the the, the green, the seafoam green. And I, I it's funny that it's funny that during this you know, you talk about this, I had already done that magenta islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a color that's gaining more and more popularity, which I'm fairly happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not mad about that at all. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a good color, and it can behave kind of in more than one way, and that's that's why it's in that secondary primary well, color set, and the, right? Because if you open up your printer, like mm-hmm. your printer doesn't have red, yellow, and blue in it. No, it's got magenta, cyan, and yellow. Because you can make more colors out of it. Yeah. Well, and 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 the whole thing about how the I even came about the the, the word bearers uh, color scheme was I was doing a test model, and you were actually part of this. I was doing a test model uh, for my uh, Emperor's Children, um, and because I was using Doomfire Magenta, well, I went a bit too far. I did one too many coats of Doomfire Magenta on my on this test model and it was just happened to be a word bearer um, Praetor and you're like, Oh, you're doing word bearers. I was like, no, it's my pinkish purple for my, my uh, Emperor's children. And I, was, and I started really looking, I'm like, no, this is a really good red. Like, this is a mm-hmm. solid red. And it was based on a black, black base coat, uh, a dark, dark uh, Navy blue. Uh, I believe it's a scale five color. Yeah, it is. It's the scale seventy-five Tesla blue. Yeah, and then uh, white Zenith highlight. So the dark parts are dark red, and the higher up parts are much lighter red, but still red, mm-hmm. and still they're not. They don't look like blood angels. They definitely look like uh, uh, word bearers because the the red is way too deep, too dark to be blood angels. Mm-hmm. And I, I use the blue as my base, my undertone for the red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I actually do the same thing with my with my red. Mm-hmm. Typically, is I'll I'll put I'll put Prussian blue actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, put yeah. Prussian blue under like because it's still very black, like it's still quite dark. So I still get a lot of black out of it, but I get a little bit of blue to cool it down. And then that provides you with some depth right away. And I, I do little tricks like that all the time. Like that Raptor that I painted, mm-hmm. I actually bought scale 75, um, like a whole red, um, what's it called? Like their whole red, uh, primer. Mm-hmm. And I put that down first and then my Zenith highlight. And I got like, again, tons of depth right up front. Now, I mean, I was playing with warmer red or warmer green, but that's mm-hmm. okay because it's in that that set right yeah. so because i'm playing with the warmer greens again it keeps it makes it look a little bit cleaner than dirtier and and, and stuff but mm-hmm. um I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing the same thing with elementors here i'm gonna be putting some green down first um i'm gonna try the monument hobbies um because i haven't tried their primer before but they have a dark camo green oh yeah and uh so i picked that up I haven't opened this yet. I'm going to open it right now. Yeah, it's a little bit of a warmer green, but I'm okay with that. Um, I think it I think it may still work for what I'm going to do. Um, might make them a little bit dirtier, but that's okay. I think it'll still look okay. Um, but I'm going to try it out. 
and see how see how it works should do it because i'm going to dirty them up a little bit i'm going to weather them a little they're not going to be clean so yeah i'm not super upset about it um so if it desaturates a little in the <laughs> in the undertone i'm not i'm not going to be mad um but i'm playing with a you know much more green yellows because typically when you see like imperial fists or like e and mm-hmm. for the eldar or something it's usually like a very like aggressive yellow it's like a very i mean it's a very strong yellow color yeah it's it's got more warmth to it um i I like actually i'm doing i'm doing some the airbrush commission i'm doing is uh imperial fist Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah, um yeah uh, it's a lot of color matching like it's mostly a color match that i'm doing and the colors are literally aerial yellow Mm-hmm. Which is again kind of like a, an orange yellow, and E and in yellow is the contrast color, which looks almost orange in the pot. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. so uh, it's a little bit different because again, it's a color match. And when they did them, they put white primer down, so I put white primer down, and then they cover the whole thing in a contrast paint, and then they painted the aerial yellow up to kind of where the contrast paint with the shade. Mm-hmm. And then while it's a very good process, it takes a long time and they're on deployment. So they were like, you know, I really wanted these done um, before I left so that I could play with them as soon as I got back. And so um, myself and night owl are kind of splitting this commission. Oh, okay. Cause I don't, I don't like to do full, full stuff. Um, unless it's very creative or like small and this is relatively small, but I was like, you know, with, and if I don't have the time to do yeah. even a full unit of 10 guys. So it's like 10 heavy intercessors, which are like freaking awesome sculpts. But, um, you know, it makes me a little, little heresy envious. Um, but, uh, like they've got these cool, heavy, like melted guns and stuff. Um, and these cool, heavy bolt guns yeah. that look like M60s. Um, and, uh, so anyways, um, what I'm going to do is put the aerial yellow down, put that over the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to put, I'm, I might actually put a coat of and in, um, yellow just to make sure that it tints right. And then the aerial yellow, and then I'm just going to gloss varnish it and re- like pin wash all of the area, the um, contrast paint oh, yeah. into the, the crevices. And that should help make it match well keeping my time commitment relatively low because I need to finish those this week and then hand them over to night owl so he can finish them. Oh, nice. Well, hopefully you get it mm-hmm. done. I'm sure you will. Yeah. It's only probably going to be like two hours, like two hours more. If that, um, especially once they do the gloss varnish and so all of them done by the week, like by the weekend, it's a long weekend this weekend anyway. So this weekend, no, it's next weekend. I have a long weekend, both weekends. No, oh, lucky you. I have Truth and Reconciliation Day off. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I work this weekend. I work the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have two long weekends in a row, which should should fucking help me get done this and get done my Scandus stuff. Um, I'll at least have my Scandus stuff done, like, above tabletop. Uh, when I won't be expecting to win any uh, Best Painted Prizes. I mean... Um, I- Oh, I would hope you'd get. You're gonna get it done, which is gonna be awesome. But I'm sure you're still gonna be up there. I'll get it done, which is the most, which is the most important thing. 
yeah, they'll still look good. But, you know, I may not go as into detail, mm, like yeah, on yeah. things like capes and stuff, which I was going to do originally. But, you know, instead of adding a bunch of texture to them, I think I'm just going to airbrush them. Just get them done. Yeah. Um, you know, even even on the, the Warlord, which I was going to like really, really do a lot of textures because that, that's how this project kind of started. I was like, it's going to be a study in texture. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm just not, I'm not going to get there if I have to do that. So it's fine. It's going to look really cool and look good. It's meant to be a travel army. Yeah. And I'll still do a wicked conversion. Cause I don't think the conversion will take me too, too long. I'm keeping away from as much green stuffing as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I may, I may swap the idea that I was going to do. Like I was going to take the legs off of fucking Constantine Baldor. Okay, yeah. And put those put those on. Like I've got this. Um, a lot of people use it as a conversion, so it's not super unique. Um, like this Age of Sigmar guy. He's kind of walking. I don't. I got the box. I guess I can just say who he is. Um, it's uh, Lord Commander Bastion Carthalos. Like he's kind of striding. Mm-mm. He's got like, you know, some bigger plates on his side, which, uh, you know, and he's fairly easy to swap the torso on. I think a lot of people will leave the torso there, but I'm going to swap the torso with Trajan Valoris. I'm going to swap the cape for, I bought an extra Fulgrim. Is this so, guy a storm, Stormcast? Yeah, that, yeah, the Bastion guy is a Stormcast, but he's a, he's a good base that a lot of people use for conversions and custodians. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm switching like, the model right now. Yeah, it's really easy to like replace his left pauldron with like a custodian one. Oh yeah. Um, and then you know they just replace the head of the hammer with like a guardian spear head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, again, I'm I'm changing a bit of him so that left hand is actually going to be replaced with. Um, I I don't know. It's like some other custodian character from 40k. He comes with like Ayala. I think his name is Valerian, maybe. Okay. Because he's got his hand like on his misericordia, so oh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. put that on. So it kind of, and then it'll look like he's striding still. Um, but I may just leave those legs and just swap the top, and then I'll do a little bit of green stuff, like I'll smooth out, slash dremel out the inside of the knee, Mm-mm. and then I'll just put, I'll just like roll some green stuff and make like an armor seal. Like, you know, those ribbed armor seals inside the back of the leg? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, put those. We'll, and we'll see, because that even depends on how visible those are. It looks like the back leg's not very visible. But then it'll give them a half cape to tie them in with my Sagittarium Guard, and mm-hmm. and then I'm going to I'm gonna put the... Um, I'm going to put Fulgrim's cape on them instead, I think. Oh, yeah. And, and have that going, but we'll see. I may may deviate from the plan just in the sake of time but it'll look really cool so we'll see i just may cut corners on the feathers and stuff and go back and paint them better later but i was gonna put raven's feathers on them because you know me yeah (laughs) always go back to the raven guard Mm -hmm. um yeah so like originally i was gonna actually make him um uh Arcadus 
think that's his name, Mercatus Vivinex Centurio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arcadus. Yeah, yeah, Arcadus Vincix Centuria was known as the Emperor's Eagle, but he was the one who like rock around with um, what's his name with Korax, and he's he's in uh, the End and the Death Volume One. Okay, he's the custodian that's like leading the defense at the Kepler Guardian at the Kepler Garden. Okay, yeah, like yeah. The, at the last surviving tree, like he rallies rallies everyone at the last surviving tree. Yeah. So I still might I still might make him that. Like I wanted to do someone kind of more on my own, but I, you know what? I think I will just make him that, and and then you know it makes sense that he would have kind of the shooty guys and the teleport strikes, and I'll I'll have to run him as a tribune just to get access to the deep strike, but mm. um makes some sense to why he would be out out in the world or out in the galaxy fucking on traders um and then if i ever do a display board i can just do one around like a bonsai tree or something that'd be cool that'd be fantastic put a bonsai tree on my display board just put them there and that'd be pretty sexy it would be fantastic so, yeah again it'll still look good still look better in tabletop um, i don't know if it'll ever win any best painted awards it's usually hard to do with custodians anyway um They'll look good. I'm happy with them. So that's all that really matters. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what yeah, everyone else thinks. It's what yeah, you think. I'm, it's your force. Exactly. Yeah. I may go back after Scandis and add a little bit of extra glow to the blades because I think I want to do that. But um, like I, I like the plasma sheath, but I want a little bit more pop from where the plasma is coming out. So mm-hmm. it's like it gets really bright and then envelops. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But I, I probably won't have time to, to actually do that. Um, before Scandis, but I'm fine with how they with how they look as is. So I'm not gonna be not gonna be chaffed about it. But yeah, they they look good. I'm happy with them. I'm not gonna be upset. Um, yeah, yeah, they look pretty decent. Like for someone who doesn't paint a lot of metal. But I I, mm-hmm. I haven't you haven't sent me any photos in a, in a little while, so I I don't know. But I'm sure they look fantastic. Uh, I have some from like a weird, um, I, I have some I'll send you from like a sort of weird light angle. Um, cause I was just trying to take pictures like really quick before Montreal. Cause I was like, ah, I need things to post cause I haven't been posting a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting a ton of engagement on Crest and Edge creative. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, and, and I, I can just feel that I'm not getting through. Um, cause I, I'm, I'm even getting low visibility. Like, cause it'll tell you how many people have seen it yeah. and how many people have liked it and how many people have seen it and liked it is a very, very, very close number, but I'm only getting like 55 people will see it. Mm. Um, and I've got like 300 followers. Right. And I'm, I'm doing things like I'm, I'm using, I'm using an appropriate amount of hashtags. Um, cause I know less is more right now. And I'm posting at like what is considered prime, like premium time for 2023. So I, I don't know really what's going on with that or why it's getting such low exposure. Um, but uh, so I'm trying to comment on other people's posts and like more posts and things like that. Just to create more engagement. Yeah. I think maybe I was like too stagnant with my account for a long time. Like I just wasn't doing much with it. it Mm. Absolved with work yeah, yeah absorbed with work sorry not absolved absorbed in my work um and i just felt like you know 
I didn't want to post whips and I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to only post good pictures because I've posted poor pictures for so long. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it was just, it just snowballed, got out of my hands. So I don't know if you're listening to this, I'd love to help. Um, jump on over to at Crescent Edge Creative on Instagram, like, comment, share it. If, yeah. if you can, that would be a huge help to me. Um, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Um, because I, I had a lot of steam when I first posted it, when I first made it, like my first reel had like 2000 plays. Yeah. And now I make, now I make a reel and I'm getting like 75 plays. Out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's, anyways, Instagram is um, a funny thing sometimes. Yeah, it all is. Uh, anyways, so that's a wrap. For this episode um i hope you've enjoyed our return to our roots mm-hmm. um I, I know personally it was uh, a lot less stressful to have like an agenda coming into it as opposed to being like oh shit i gotta record tonight uh i don't know let's just fuck around and talk about whatever yeah um, no it was it was we we had a plan we knew what we were going to talk about and it definitely made tonight a whole lot easier yeah yeah and we're fairly on track um i think our recording time is less than it, it normally is um and we may actually have a more usable recording. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, again, make sure you jump over, check out Little Legend Studio. Um, if you're listening to this, I think the tuition slots online will have already launched, but if not, jump on over there, find out when it is, so that way uh, you can get in if you're keen. Um, LittleLegendStudio.com, and uh, you can check them out on Instagram. They usually get the details on there as well. Uh, make sure you check out Craig at uh, Dust of a Thousand Worlds. And, um, you know, always make sure that if you want to up that basing game, I know people are going to start doing shit for Golden Demon uh, and the LVO painting contests. Um, I mean, you probably should have started those already. Mm. But uh, if you haven't, um, you know, get yourself a plinth. Uh, Tarot Model Maker has really good plinths if you need to get one. Mm. Um, uh, I got to place an order from him. We're not sponsored by him um, or them. Um, but... Uh, like I think they're the most common plinths that are used in, in a lot of these display pieces. And then um, Epic basing will provide you with a lot of absolutely top tier basing potential. Yeah. Um, Make sure you follow them on, on Instagram. They're at at make it Epic. Um, Like if you just, if you need ideas um, at make it Epic uh, and that's, that's Epic basings uh, Instagram. And then of course, make sure you check out monument hobbies, Uh, check out their uh, Instagram it's monument underscore hobbies. Uh, but if you do need paints, hobby supplies, paint brushes, I know they've got a good selection of synthetic brushes. We're going to round back on that a little bit later. I've got something in the, in the works for that because oh. as you know, as you and I have been talking, I've been a little more conscientious about meat and where I get my meat and factory farming and yeah. family cruelty and things like that. So, um, but uh, they do have Kalinsky sable brushes as well. If you like those, um, I like Rosemary and co ones as well. Uh, I'm a pretty keen keen user of those, um, but they do have brushes that are uh, cheaper <laughs> than mm. Rosemary and Co. over there, and they're probably they're probably pretty close to as good. Um, but they also, let's say you're somebody that likes to travel, and you like to travel for paint lessons. Maybe mm. you like traveling to Montreal mm. when you know you take new classes with um, you know Little Legend Studio. Uh, or maybe you go to Adepticon and you take paint, take paint courses there. Um, they have an absolutely awesome go bag. It looks like uh, you'd have to check it, of course, unless you're flying private jet. But yeah. um, you know, most of us aren't. 
I'm not. I'm Plus, not. I, you know, somehow break up with Nicole and start dating Taylor Swift. Um, but then I'd have to fight an NFL like tight end for that. So that ain't happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, or maybe you're taking the bus and then you'd be okay. Or if you're driving, of course. Um, but, uh, the train also a possibility. I know, um, JP's taken the train to Adepticon a couple times, mm-hmm. but you can take all your paints, you can take your paint brushes, your handy little like water cup all your stuff, bang, right in a nice little bag, take it with you, and you're ready to go for these paint lessons um, on the go. Yeah, it's I'm a- actually very excited for Adepticon. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyways, uh, and then make sure you check out Crescent Edge Creative, because we're going we're gonna to do the same way. I guess that one's just me. Uh, I'm doing mm-hmm. <laughs> a contest, but I will tie it to the Death and Betrayal podcast as well, um, to win a set of the Pro Acro Metallics. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then if you need to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us on Instagram at DAB Podcast or um, on Facebook, facebook.com slash DAB Podcast. Or you can always email us if you want us to do a listener list. Maybe you've got a point of inspiration you want to look at us or you want us to look at first. Mm. Head to send us an email over at deathandbetrayal at gmail.com. And if you haven't got your ticket for LVO, we do have a few tickets left. Uh, for the Friday, Saturday, and for the Mega Battle. Um, and actually, the nighttime events are very keen. We're actually selling a, a good chunk for um, Titanicus in the evening, uh, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then if you're keen on Necromunda or you want to try Bad Up After Dark or Heresy After Dark, um, come find me one of those nights. I'll, I'll probably be keen to, to do one of those. Um, I'll probably take a Necromunda gang with me if I have room in my bag for it. Oh, and awesome. uh, mm-hmm. just gives me something something to do maybe uh, but um, yeah so anyways our next episode episode 10 we're going to be talking about LVO and we're going we're gonna to talk about the advance of Rio Prime as a point of inspiration so that was last year's mm-hmm. uh, LVO heresy event and then how can you build a thematic force based on that to contribute to the desolation of Rio Prime which will be uh, our next episode so stay tuned for that Thanks, and keep those Geller fields up. Take care.